Hello everybody, my name is Ben Schluter and welcome to an unhinged rant at the NCAA and at ESPN because you both are involved in this crap um, as to why I'm so annoyed with the way you guys keep portraying women's sports. So yeah, let's go with this. I felt the need to talk about this today because the NCAA posted to their story and I quote, did you know? The 1973 AIAW basketball tournament was an indication that women's sports could be financially successful. More than 3,000 fans watched the final game between Queens, New York, and Immaculata. Why did this annoy me? It's quite simple. Funny how you mention that, NCAA, because it was an indication that was nearly 60 years ago. So how come... I'm sorry, not 60, 50. I'm stupid. I couldn't do math there. Um... How come you've made the argument on several occasions that, no, the women's tournament actually loses us a ton of money and is not a financially viable thing? Why do you keep making that statement when it's wrong, and you know it's wrong? I know why. It's because you actively hate women's sports. That's a lie. They don't actively hate it, but they sure as hell don't like it. And they haven't liked it. They haven't liked Title IX since before it was passed. The NCAA had a massive lobbying effort to try and get Title IX uh, canned, try to prevent it from being passed. However, this is the NCAA and actions in Congress, and as you well know, those never work. When it comes to the NCAA in Congress, you can pretty much pencil in the NCAA losing. They don't tend to do well. Turns out the federal government isn't exactly responsive to their really bad arguments. Um, so then Title IX was passed, but there was technically nothing in there about sports, so maybe it wouldn't apply to them. Although they knew damn well it would. Um, that's why they were so heavily involved in getting it stopped. Because they knew, oh, this is probably going to apply to us. We don't want that. So, they tried to lobby again to make sure it didn't. But no, federal government made it uh, pretty apparent, like, early on. This applies to sports in high school and in college. And especially in college. Thus, the creation of the Association of Intercollegiate Athletics for Women, which was really a merging of a bunch of other organizations. What did it do? Well, you see, it... I think the name itself kind of gives away what it was. It was an Association of Intercollegiate Athletics for Women. And it provided, well, organizational structure for women's athletics across the nation. Um, what happened was that schools would create women's athletics departments. That's right. Women's athletics departments. You know who ran them? Women. You know who was staffed in them? Women. Women ran women's sports. Doesn't that sound like what should be happening? Funny how that doesn't happen. I wonder why. I'll get there in a second. So women ran women's sports, and they were heavily underfunded, but that was fine. You see, the AIAW was not the NCAA was not going to be run by the NCAA. It was run by teachers, it was run by educators, and it was run on a strict amateur model. What did that mean? It meant no recruiting, and it meant no scholarships. This was not a commercial endeavor. This was an educational endeavor. The coaches, many of them, they didn't play the sports. They were PE coaches. If they were employed, that's where they were. A lot of schools shut down their physical education departments and basically made them women's athletic departments. I'm dead serious. If you look into the history of women's sports in college before 1972, you'll see that a lot of the teams were uh, under the physical education department. And then if you look for a physical education department at a university past 1973, basically, or past the 1970s, they don't exist. 
And why don't they exist? This is the exact reason why they don't exist anymore. Because of Title IX. So Title IX brings in this ability to govern, and uh, they start hosting national championships in the typical sports. They have a, you know, they have running. They have a track and field championship for women, because track and field, you do that. They have a softball championship. They have, what else did they have? They had badminton. I kid ye not, they had a badminton championship. This was a big thing, and a lot of schools joined it. This was a thing with like 900 members that had multiple divisions. There were conferences in this. It was regional and national. But the big moneymaker was their tournament for basketball. Why? Because if there's any women's sport that gets money, it's basketball. Basketball is fun. Basketball is cool. Women's basketball is fun. You should watch it. wonder why people don't watch it. If only I would get to that later. I will. So, 1973. Hey, that's the first one since Title IX passes, because as you uh, might recall, it was in June of 1972 that the law passed. This was the first one since. Wow, this is doing well. It went really well, in fact. So well, they got a national television contract with the National Broadcasting Corporation. NBC got a TV, had a TV contract uh, with the AIAW, and vice versa. They were being put on national broadcast, not on tape delay, mind you, live. I say not on tape delay, because sometimes they would do that. NHL games at that time, the Stanley Cup Finals, would occasionally be broadcast on tape delay. So would games of the NBA Finals. I know that sounds absolutely unbelievable these days, but you must remember that uh, the NBA was nothing in the 1970s. It was nothing like it is today. The Portland Trailblazers, um trophy ceremony was never shown on television because there was the Phoenix Open going on at the same time and the finals of it. Uh, it was I, it was a Sunday in 1976, the Phoenix Open, located in Phoenix, Arizona, or around there. It's a thing. It's a very important golf tournament, actually, because it comes up several times um, in college, in, excuse me, in the NBA's history and in other histories of television. Why am I talking about the NBA? Oh, I don't know, because in 1980, the women's uh, championship, the AIAW championship, it outrated playoff games. Playoff games. Do you know how good you have to be for that? Hmm, it almost proves something. That women's sports are a viable product, not only on the field or court as a thing to make money there, but also for television dollars. And as everyone knows, television dollars are cool. Okay, so the NCAA must see this and be like, ooh, that's a thing, but they don't want to get involved. Well, they do want to get involved in some way. They want to shut it down. First thing they tried doing after Title IX became a thing was introduce the Tower Amendment, or at least get it pushed. Um, the Tower Amendment, this was, I believe, 1975, would have exempted football and men's basketball from Title IX. So, like, you know how it's got to be equal for the entire athletic department? This would have exempted football and men's basketball from that. Their argument was that Title IX was going to force some teams to shut down their football programs. This wasn't necessarily wrong. Some teams did actually go defunct in 1973 because of Title IX. But Title IX was not the only reason. 
If they were still making money, they would have kept it around. There were other budgetary reasons for shutting down the football team. They just decided to blame it on women because why not be assholes? Um, yeah, that's a thing. Did the Tower Amendment pass? Is this the NCAA in Congress? It is, so it didn't pass. Didn't have a chance. Um, okay, cool. The NCAA does not like women's sports. They don't like that women are controlling the sports. They don't like this separate organizational thing. Especially the university presidents, who are the NCAA, by the way. They don't like having to deal with two organizations. You know, it's quite inconvenient. Why deal with two organizations when you can just deal with one that you already know that your friends run? Hmm, what can we do? And then they actively plotted to uh, destroy the AIAW. What did they do? They lured teams to the NCAA. They threatened teams. They threatened people to stop paying their dues to the AIAW, which, by the way, that's another thing that the NCAA had that AIAW didn't, uh, no membership fees. The AIAW sustained itself a lot on membership fees. And, uh, yeah, if you don't get membership fees, you're going to go bust. Because you need to have money somehow to organize these tournaments, which the NCAA had in droves because they were a commercial organization. And so eventually it came to the point where they kind of sort of felt forced. I don't remember who it was, but I think it was, no, it was UNC. At UNC, their women's basketball coach, you know, making the decision and made a pros and cons list of whether she should stay in the AIAW or go to the NCAA. There were far more reasons to stay with the AIAW. But the cons of, excuse me, I'm trying to remember of a way to say this. But the reasons for going to the NCAA were far more weighty. They were going to keep her employed. They were going to potentially give them a chance to survive. Eventually, the AIAW collapsed. NBC, they pulled out of their deal to broadcast the 1982 Women's Championship because the NCAA organized their first NCAA, uh, yeah, their first Division I women's basketball tournament. It also helped that they managed to pay all the best teams to travel to all the games. Really helps when you pay them off. Uh, and they did this for every single sport, uh, or at least for most of them. So, like, NCAA hosted the gymnastics championship, and that was a big deal, because guess who won that? The best team, Utah. That was, like, the most dominant team. You get the most dominant teams in there. And you force the AIAW to collapse, because you didn't like them, because you didn't like women running things. Do you know what the inevitable consequence of that was? Was it that more women got opportunities? No, it wasn't. Women lost opportunities. They lost a lot of them. Men got opportunities women used to have in women's sports. I'm not saying that a man can't coach a woman's team. Far from it. That's not true. But what I can say is that there should be a lot more women coaching women's sports. But instead, you see a lot of men coaching it, and it's like, it doesn't make any sense from a demographic standpoint. This should not be 50-50, men and women in women's sports. Do you see that in any way in men's sports? No, not even slightly. What percentage of coaches are women in women in uh, men's sports uh, so low that it's a news story when they get hired? Like, are you kidding me? No, that doesn't make any sense. How come this isn't... Because, because again, who do you hire? You hire guys. Why? Because you're guys. Guys hire their friends. They hire people who they know. 
because most people do that and they just happen to be in power. Great of you to care about this thing that you actively sought to destroy and once you had control of it, what did you do with it? You destroyed it. Look at the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. Look at the inequities that were found in the 2021 Women's Basketball Tournament. And then look and see how far back they go. The 2021 Women's Basketball Tournament was the first women's basketball tournament to ever have broadcasts of every single game nationally. Yes, it was intended to be in 2020, but that didn't happen. The 2019 Women's Basketball Tournament for Division I had regional telecasts. You could not watch every game nationally. Now, you could. Do you know how long it had been since the men's had done this? The men had done that since I begin, I believe it was the beginning of the decade, like 2010. They'd already figured out how to do this. It was simple. This is ESPN that owns the rights. ESPN, which has about 457 different channels, and you're not going to use them? Are you kidding me? This is your biggest NCAA championship broadcast. Why aren't you using all the resources at your disposal? Is it because you don't care? Well, for one, they aren't incentivized to use it. Uh, CBS actually controls the advertising and everything rights to the women's basketball tournament and to all the other championships because, for some reason, the NCAA signed away the broadcast. The deal that exists for the broadcasting of the championships is something I will never truly understand. Because they basically gave it to CBS to control all of the advertising. But ESPN controls the broadcasting. Why the hell would CBS let ESPN have good things? Funny how uh, you can lose money that way. Now you think about this. When the NCAA says, oh, they lose money. Because you're stupid. And you signed the contract well in a stupid way. You also gave ESPN a well-undervalued contract. They pay $34 million a year to broadcast the women's basketball tournament and the FCS playoffs and the volleyball tournament and the baseball tournament. Everything that isn't D1 men's basketball, they got it. Well, in a gender equity review uh, that was commissioned after the whole 2021 debacle, uh, turns out that was a dumb idea from a money-making standpoint. You could be making $50, $60 million, maybe $75 million annually just on the women's basketball tournament alone. Why would you purposefully undervalue your own things? Why would you purposefully lose money unless you don't like it? I don't know. Maybe they are that incompetent, but I don't believe that. I don't know if it comes from spite, I don't want to say that, but I will say this does not come out of a place of good business sense. Nobody would do that. They would have seen that. If, it, if you saw that it was a financially and, you know, everything viable product in 1973, how come you couldn't see that in 2015? Or whenever the contract was signed last, it's severely undervalued, and the NCAA isn't going to let that happen again, because, let me tell you, Whoever else is on the market... Oh, did, oh, I didn't mention that. I forgot about this. Uh, there was no other market. The NCAA did not let any other company bid for those rights the last time they went up. They basically gave them to ESPN for, like, free. Like, it was, you're going to get the first right of refusal. Well, you, no wonder they're undervalued. 
No wonder. But then, but then, if we talk about the broadcasting of women's sports, what else can we talk about? Not just basketball. I got into gymnastics this year. Look at what happened with the national championship. The finals. The biggest event of the year. They put it on ABC in 2021. They did that because there was like a hole in the schedule, and they figured, hey, here's a good thing to put on TV. Let's see if people watch. Funny how they watched. They did. Huh. They actually showed up in record numbers. Do you see that? Imagine people watching in record numbers when you make it available to watch. Yeah. Funny. It's almost as if there's a history of this. I'm going to give you a little hint. There is a history of success with women's sports when you show it and people care. Okay? And then this year, they moved it to noon local time because it's in Fort Worth. Hey, look, that's also my time, so I don't have to care about doing, what is it, dealing with Eastern time. They had to move it up because there's a package for NHL games. And the Minnesota Wild were playing the St. Louis Blues, and that game was scheduled for two. So they said, look, y'all are going to have to move back a little bit so that we can get this game in. It's part of our new big-time thingy. Hey, we made a big deal with the uh, NHL, and we really want to showcase this. Do y'all mind? And uh, they probably did, but the NCAA didn't mind, so they pushed it up. And uh, then the numbers came in. Oops. Turns out that the gymnastics uh, meet had a better rating, had better average viewers than your stupid hockey game. A hockey game that actually mattered, by the way. Those two teams were in playoff contention. Now, it should be noted that those viewer numbers do not factor in those that watched on the local markets. What I mean by that is... Um, both the Wild and the Blues had their games broadcast on their local sports networks, I believe. I don't believe this was a blackout. Um, although I could be wrong. But either way, this is a game that matters for the playoff picture. And yet, people didn't watch. Now, of course, we could all make the very reasonable argument that nobody cares about hockey. Um, but it's Minnesota. They're absolutely crazy for hockey. Minnesota has a population of several million. St. Louis, they love hockey. Like, how are you not getting ratings from there? But no, the gym broadcast gets you better ratings. And it was a Saturday. It was not like a Sunday. No, it was a Saturday. How does a Saturday at noon, 1 o'clock Eastern, I believe. I might be off by an hour, but either way. How does that rate higher? It's almost as if when you put women's sports on TV, they do well. Oh, but could we have seen that again? Yes, we can. Because if you look at the 2021 College World Series. The Men's College World Series had a lower rating than the Women's College World Series. Now, is part of that due to some weather stuff? Yes. So the Men's College World Series got messed around with. There was some, I think there was either a weather delay or something else with like the second game. So that caused some confusion. Plus, not all the games were on the same network. So that's a thing. I also don't remember the dates on which the games were held. But this year, they held the, uh, yeah, that also might explain. Either way, they rated very highly, and also, ESPN has said that the Men's and Women's College World Series both rate pretty evenly. It's not that one is lower rating than the other. They're looking at them as viable products. What else is something? Well, the SEC needed a sport to put on their network. I'm sorry, not the SEC. ESPN needed a sport to put on ESPN Network. 
I keep saying things that are very bad. I apologize for that. I'm working on much less sleep than I thought I would have over the last three days. Anyway, um, so there was that thing, you know the SEC ESPN network? That thing? That thing that exists. We're all aware of it? Okay, good. That's important. Well, when that came into being, ESPN needed programming. You see, you can't have a network that doesn't have programming. That just won't work. So they needed something, especially on Friday nights in the winter, in the first four months of the year, three months of the year, because not every team is playing, you know, basketball on those nights. Much of what SEC Network was going to be was going to be football or basketball, but they needed something else. Well, they realized they had a really good product that was constantly competitive that people might watch, gymnastics. And they were like, hmm, are you guys okay with us doing TV coverage of this? And, uh, well, it ended up working out, didn't it? It is apparently one of their best rating programs. Friday Night Heights is one of their best rating programs. Uh, It is one of their most valuable television commodities for the network. Apparently, it's second only to football. I was wondering why it wasn't basketball, and my brain has settled on the idea that Vanderbilt basketball is worth nothing. I'm just saying, nobody wants to watch Vanderbilt basketball games on a Thursday night. Says a guy who once watched Vanderbilt basketball beat his team on, I don't remember if it was a Thursday night or not, but I watched that happen on SEC Network. That was not a fun experience. Please don't talk to me about it. Or the time, did I watch that happen again? I don't remember. Vanderbilt is not a fun team to watch. They do sad things. Always. Even in wins. Anyway. Yes, this is a viable television product. Look at that. People are watching. They put it on, on a Sunday. During the NFL season, against NFL games, they put a gym meet on ABC because ABC needed something to put on. Because, again, you need programming. And it rated decently well. Like, the ratings weren't terrible. They were actually pretty good. And it's like, what? But there's football on. But also, Alabama and Florida two legendary programs. You can get some names, you can get a lot of people with that, especially fans, to be honest. You can get a lot of Alabama and Florida fans to turn over because it's like, "Eh, my football team sucks. Actually, no, this would explain it. This is how you get Jaguars fans to watch. This is how you get Jaguars fans to watch. They just don't want to watch anything depressing. Or was this during the play? Oh my god, I think this was going up against the playoff game. This went up against the playoff game? Yes. Because I know when this meet was. This was the second week of the season. This was on the second week of the... Yeah, this was the second week of the season. And it rated well. So why does... This is another thing. It's a valuable, viable television product. But SEC Network does that. And then, what do they do? During the women's soccer season, they put Paul Feinbaum's stupid show on their network as opposed to airing live sports? There was one time when LSU women's soccer, who was a good team, or at least at the time, they ended up falling off a cliff, had a game going on at the same time as the last hour of Paul Feinbaum's show. For some reason, unknown to mankind and demonkind, I guess, um, they kept airing that. I don't care about your contractual obligations. The name of your network is SEC Network and not Paul Feinbaum Network. Although then again, don't we all know it as Paul Feinbaum's network? Why don't you show things? And this goes, by the way, beyond this. 
they are more willing to show a random-ass college basketball game for men than ranked games for women. I have seen multiple times where it's like, hi, this ranked SEC game between two... between It was between LSU and I want to say it was... I don't remember who the other team was. They were also ranked. That game was on SEC Network Plus. Not on the normal SEC Network. Because there was a men's game going on. Guys, have you tried putting them on? Have you tried getting ratings? Have you tried anything? No? The number one team in the nation, going up against some scrub in their own conference, does not get relegated to an extras network. No, that gets put on TV. South Carolina had multiple games on SEC Network+. Plus. I have no words for that. Well, no, I do have some words. What are you doing? In my genuine opinion, ESPN is part of the problem. ESPN is part of the problem. You want to talk about the lack of value of women's sports? ESPN is part of the problem because they don't show them. They just don't. They like to relegate them. They believe that men's sports are going to rate better. First of all, yeah, okay, fine, you have the numbers for that. But, like, when there are really good things going on, put them on. LSU, uh... The Alabama-LSU gym meet this year only made it to the Big E because they ran out of, what was it? Like, I think it was something that they were going to air. I think, I can't remember exactly why it got put there, but it had something to do with a tournament that did not go as far as it was supposed to. Something got canceled, or something just didn't go as far, so they moved it up. And they tried to say, oh no, uh, actually, this is part of a themed night. It's not part of a themed night. Just not. I could also be confusing this with the Auburn meet. I could also be saying that both of those happened. But either way, this is what ESPN does. It treats women's sports as a second-class thing. Except for the softball tournament and the basketball tournament, which, yeah, those are your money makers. I get that. Also, the volleyball tournament, I think, is actually a decent ratings thing. And I will say this. I will give ESPN one tiny bit of credit. They're realizing something about softball. It's a thing. They created a package for it for ESPN2 very late in the season. I don't remember what they called it, but I think it's a Friday night package where they would show a women's softball game on ESPN2. Two. Two. ESPN2. Not on ESPN U. No. Two. I've always seen ESPN Two uh, things as being, we're going to try this. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Um, and if you're put on the Big E, that means, oh no, we believe that you are a thing that is going to make us money. Uh, ESPN Two is, maybe you'll make us money. Maybe you will bring in ratings. We will have to see. I'd like to see what those numbers were, and I'd really like to see what it looks like when they have a full season of that. Because honestly, that seems like a great move. I think that softball is a better product for television than baseball is because baseball takes longer. Softball has higher scoring as a result of it being in a shorter field. Uh, So the distance between bases is smaller. You know, the ball is just going to fly differently. Yeah. I think that's a thing. But they got to broadcast more of it because they relegate a lot of that stuff to ESPN Plus or whatever secondary networks there are. And that's annoying. If you show women's sports, people will watch it. The ratings are there. 
talking about this as being some sort of viable business thing has been annoying me to my core since I read through the gender equity report. The NCAA has intentionally tanked women's sports. There's no way around it because they know what the value is. They saw it in the 1980s. They intended to destroy it. Their actions were not the actions of an organization that intended to make money with it because what they did was they paid the teams to go there be under their auspices and then relegate them to nothingness by saying, oh, but you don't make us money, so you don't deserve this. Of course, the whole time making it impossible for them to make money. As one person put it, the foxes are guarding the hen house. Why the hell are we letting them do that? The NCAA does not want women's sports to be viable. Any attempts of them to show that have been in vain. Uh, ESPN has only helped them do this. And overall, it annoys me to death. I'd love to talk more about this or to look more into detail, but frankly, I think I've said my piece for now. Maybe, just maybe, we'll come back with some more detail, uh, some data, some more anything. But until such a time as that, I hope you've listened and enjoyed this ramble. It sounds a little bit, you know, out of sorts. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Who knows? What I do know is that uh, you can find my Instagram and my Twitter in the description below. That I will be back with something at some point soon. And until next time, my name's been Ben Schluter. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and rest of your everything. Until the time that you listen again, bye-bye.